This is episode 151 of the IDRA Class Notes Podcast. If you really want children to be successful in English, if that's your goal, you know what, I want them to be academically successful in English, the quickest way is through their native language. And so the research will tell you the stronger the L1, the stronger the second language. And that's what sometimes people, administrators, don't understand, and they want the rush. But if we don't give the children the opportunity to acquire those cognitive academic language skills, it's not going to happen. You can't transfer what you don't have. Good morning. This is Lori Posner. I'm with the Intercultural Development Research Association, IDRA or IDRA. And we welcome you to our Class Notes podcast. We're uh, so fortunate this morning to have part two of a conversation with two educators who have committed their careers to making sure that all students have an excellent quality education. I want to welcome back Mrs. Rosalva Silva and Mrs. Rosario Lucero. We began our conversation, and we're going to continue now speaking about this symposium that uh, they joined us uh, here in San Antonio to attend called New Research on Securing Educational Equity and Excellence for English Language Learners in Texas Secondary Schools. And as I mentioned, both women who are also sisters have committed their careers to education, so we're very fortunate to have them and to uh, particularly expertise in bilingual education um, and dual language learning. And we're going to focus uh, our conversation now a bit on, on resources. So I'd like to just ask you both, what do you feel, if we had the support and resources that are needed, what would those resources cover in a high-quality education for English language learners to be sure that they're successful and prepared for all of their options when they graduate from high school? Awesome. Ideally, okay, well... At the middle school level, because of our, our, our biliteracy program, our dual language program, we would have content that's available to them through uh, textbooks that are state adopted. We would have the resources that the teachers need, and by that I mean anything that is needed to deliver the instruction, the curriculum would be at a high level with rigor in Spanish, because of course we have the biliteracy component there. But the students would have options to take electives in Spanish also, uh, because then we're really given that balance of the biliteracy and staff development, you know, at their at the instructional level of the teacher with the consultant being able to deliver it at that level and the teachers have that opportunity to, you know, participate in that level of instruction with the rigor that the state requires. Because right now, that's been one of our challenges. You know, we have the English curriculum and it's there, but for our dual language teachers, the curriculum is there, but it's not like translated or it's not written. So ideally, if they have everything was side by side, everything that you offer in English was available in Spanish, then our teachers would feel, you know what, I'm on equal basis with my monolingual English teacher and I am a dual teacher. I'm also doing more work because I'm teaching in both languages. And so, again, having that equity in the resources with staff development, with resources, with curriculum, with, you know, mentoring and having consultants come in and be able to deliver the instruction or the staff development at that level would be awesome. Mrs. Lucero, would you like to add anything to? Just the equality, you know, that they have that equal, you know, on both, you know, that the dual language be ready, you know. 
Mm-hmm. Now, why can't we just immerse students in English? I mean, you know, what is the problem with just jumping into English as quickly as possible? Well, because the research will tell you more English will not get you more English. It's the way that we educate our children, and the process is what really matters because if you really want children to be successful in if that's your goal, you know what, I want them to be academically successful in English, the quickest way is through their native language. And so the research will tell you the stronger the L1, which is the their first language, the stronger the second language. And that's what sometimes people, administrators, don't understand, and they want the rush, let's do the English. But if we don't give the children the opportunity to acquire those cognitive academic language skills, which we call CALP, it's not going to happen. You can't transfer what you don't have. And sometimes we don't give our children the opportunity because because they acquire BICS, which is the basic interpersonal communication skills. They acquire them very easily in two to three years. Because that's a conversation, you know, good morning, how are you? I went to the movies and so forth. That's easy to do. But for some administrators, that's misleading because they don't understand about the kelp. You know what? Five to seven years, we need to make sure that they're getting that education. And we're not just oral language development. We're not just developing the oral, which sometimes is what confuses our administrators. And we don't want to give them that time for the kelp. And so... If we give them that opportunity and don't interfere, and we get them to be proficient in their native language and acquire that kelp, which leads them to critical thinking, that second language just happens. It, it's not going to take them that long to acquire it because you only learn to read once. And what transfers is a vocabulary. You don't need to relearn those concepts. And that's the hardest thing for some people to understand, to give our children the time that they need that to acquire that help because the English is going to come faster and it's going to come on or above level. So it's for me just a little bit abstract. I want to ask you if you could tell me about some of your students, you know, don't have to name them, but just give me a sense of, of what that's like from a student perspective. Okay, do you want elementary, middle, or high school? Across, Across the spectrum, okay. like for, for the life of for, a, as a student. For the elementary it? students, it's it's wonderful to see, and I've seen it because I was a strategist and I coordinator, but as a strategist, I would walk the halls and I would go into the classrooms. The look on their faces when they're being taught in their native language, and they're smart and they can answer, and you can do this going depth with them, Niños, vamos a inferir, vamos a buscar los claves de que a quién le pertenece estos artículos. I mean, the kids, you can see it in their eyes. Their, their little eyes are twinkling because they understand, okay? Mm-hmm. And then you come back and they're learning in English and they know that they need to learn in English. And so it's like the teacher's providing this environment where it's draped with a language. And at that time, it's English and the children know. And so they're trying. And so the child is, is made to feel respected in his native language while he's learning the second language. And so I had a child tell me, walking down the hall, I said, where are you going? And he says, yo voy a el salón, no sé qué. Miss, ¿quién es usted? Y yo soy la señora Silva. ¿Sabía usted que en este plantel aprendemos dos idiomas? Y, y ¿cómo sabes? Porque en la mañana, hoy, hoy los, los anuncios fueron en inglés, pero mañana van a ser en español. I mean, this is a child, mm-hmm. like a first grader, walking down the hall, feeling proud, that he's in this school where they value both languages. And so that's 
what I see from an elementary perspective of a child. And you go into the classrooms and our kids are bright, they're, they're, they're awesome, but yet sometimes we expect for them to answer this inferencing in English. Well, they're not gonna answer because they don't know, right? You ask them in their native language and they know. So missed opportunities and misconceptions about English, 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 yes, he's going to get the English, okay? He's gonna get it. I want him to get a good education and I want the process to be done right. You've been sharing with me that earlier that you were pressing to have a statewide recognition of biliteracy with a a cord at graduation. Yes. Tell us about that. What is Because of the fact that we went through the whole process of a pre-K-12 biliteracy uh, program, when our children graduate, we've worked at it several years, we wanted to recognize them with a stole that said that they were also biliterate. So we went ahead and and got a, a multicolored cord now. It used to be a stole that we initially got and now it's become a multicultural score, um, cord that's, that identifies you as a biliterate graduate. And there's criteria. Once you get to, to high school, there's credits that you must meet to be able to get that seal on the diploma. And it's eight credits. Some children graduate with 12 because they, depending on what courses are being offered, but it's usually a core content and a Spanish content core, like Spanish 3, 4, 5. So if you're taking English 1, you're Spanish 1, English 2, you know what I mean? So that mm-hmm. we do have that equal equality in the sense that we are producing a biliterate student, but in addition to that, we add a content, math, uh, biología, química, física, algebra, depende del plantel and what they have to offer, then the children are able to, to get those credits to graduate and merit that cord that multicolored cord that that identifies him as a biliterate graduate. And you had mentioned earlier the issue of equity. What do you think needs to change to be sure that all students are receiving the education that would prepare them for that that kind of cord, that, that kind of merit? I think that we need to continue to work with it, especially in the middle and the high schools. We're like pioneers in this, okay? So at the middle school, when you're a dual language student, and I didn't know this, but you kind of like already set your path. And because you're already coming from an elementary campus that's, that's bilingual, biliterate, when you get into the middle school, you're going to continue with uh, challenging classes. So it's like I'm going to set the path for you to graduate DAP already. And this is what we share with parents. You know, just because your child was in an enrichment program, not a remedial program, he's going to earn the right to take classes as early as eighth grade that will give him not only high school, but college credit. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, making sure that the children are in the classes, that the courses are being offered, that we are able to offer the opportunity for for all children, but of course our dual language students are the ones that are coming from the elementary. I'm sorry, what is DAP? It's a distinguished recognition that you graduate from high school, where you get the gown and you are recognized as the top 10% of the students. And recently, you know, we hadn't really looked at it, but... I started sharing with my colleagues, you know, uh, the valedictorian at North this year is going to be dual. They're coming up the ranks without us even really noticing, but uh, our district puts up the top 10% on a billboard. And I was driving by the other day and I said, that's Marlene, that's Andrea, that's, oh my God, those eight out of the 10 are dual. And what you need to understand is that now the majority of those students were once ELLs. 
They were once limited English proficient students. They are not anymore. And my, my fear is that as we get larger and we need these resources, and I'm talking about the curriculum in Spanish at the level of biology and chemistry and world geography, all of that, that they need to have it, that we need to have highly qualified bilingual teachers, which surprisingly we have in our district because teachers that have that have stepped up to the plate and say, Miss Silva, you don't have to go to Mexico. Yo tengo, yo fui ingeniero. Yo fui, yo puedo enseñar esa materia a ese nivel. And so my concern is, are we going to have the resources for these incoming kids? Because if we don't, then it's going to be really hard for us to continue with the success that we're having right now. That right now it's a cohort. But let me tell you, sixth grade right now in our middle school, we have close to 1,300 dual language students that are coming up the ranks. Mm -hmm. So we're going to need to wrap up. Before we close, though, I would just like to ask you, I know you've held some of these graduations already yes. with the yes. recognition. Mm -hmm. Tell us what that's been like, what have families told you about oh, attending those it's, graduations? It's, it's awesome because the parents tell us that it's so awesome to recognize You see, the graduation is done always on the last Thursday in April because we start off in May. It's all the the Texas scholars, the DAP, all the others. But we start off in April because one of the parents told me that it was so nice to come to a banquet where she didn't have to rush off to another banquet and she could sit down and have a recognition with her child. So they come to the banquet. We have a speaker that addresses the graduates that they stuck to the to the plan of graduating with the seal on the diploma because it's not easy. You have to look for your courses and make sure that you get the credits, you know. We have speakers from the community that value bilingual education, bilingualism. And so it's a beautiful banquet in the sense that the children are recognized, but the parents are also highlighted for their support and not letting their child get out of the program. It's not easy to graduate with a bilingual seal. It's, it's challenging, but it's an awesome, awesome banquet. And... Um, Like I said, we have it the very last Thursday in April, and you guys are invited. Thank you very much, and thank you both, Mrs. Silva, Mrs. Lucero, for joining us. And we hope to have you back, and we appreciate the invitation very much, and we would be honored to attend. Awesome. We'll be back. Thank you for listening to IDRA Class Notes. For more information on IDRA and other Class Notes topics, go to www.idra.org. You can also send us your thoughts by email to podcast at idra.org.